Dan and Corey here, welcoming you into Libservative. Suicide Jackie is a uh, truck carrying gas. So just so you know. <laughs> really? Yeah. They call it Suicide Jackie because if you crash, you're probably fucked. <laughs> Welcome in to Libservative Live on Facebook Live, YouTube, and Twitch. We obviously thank you for joining us live, or if you're listening to the podcast version, listen to us live next time and still don't download the podcast. We appreciate all of it. Uh, he's Corey Walsh. And he is Dan Griffin. And this, of course is libservative and uh we got a lot to cover this evening Corey. on a fun friday i would like to start with something funny which is that uh ted cruz actually actually has a little bit of a sense of humor <laughs> yeah he can he can have I a sense of humor from time to time i can't remember who tweeted it out but some publication had asked the question over twitter name uh one city that has changed your life and ted cruz just simply responds with wuhan <laughs> i don't know it shouldn't have made Come me on, laugh that hard it well that's the thing is like it like if somebody like i don't know an actual comedian had made that response i would have chuckled but like since it was ted cruz it just made it more funny do you think it was him or one of his staff doesn't matter i just no i want to imagine (laughs) i want to imagine ted cruz just sitting there scrolling there on the toilet with his weird smile and without even a second thought just going on (laughs) 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 not only that Corey, but we have been having so much fun absolutely railing on the occupy democrats facebook page this week because look we we are not uh, we're not we're not anti-liberal or anti-conservative if you're new to the show this is a show that is uh, it's 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 for everybody Corey likes to say that we uh, we call the balls and strikes he's the one that came up with that one that's what we like to do that's why we call our show libservative we make fun of the bullshit on each side and 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 praise the good things about each side, but Occupy Democrats is some of that bullshit uh, on the left side. So, well, yeah, it's the bright part of the left. A bright part of the, We have been having so much fun trolling that page this week that it has just – Corey got the, the, the most amazing reaction you could ever want <laughs> out of anybody. Yeah, so I, uh, I don't want to say it's trolling. I feel like I left my trolling days behind me. We're professionals now, Dan. I was trying to expand our social media footprint. It's uh, <laughs> by calling them out on their page and being a little, sometimes a little pompous about it. But uh, it's so, tro- yeah, so trolling with a purpose, Corey Walsh. Can we call it that? <laughs> trolling with a purpose. Trolling for good. Hashtag troll for good. So on one of their page or one of their posts, it was of, here, let me find it real quick. It was when it was right before uh, Neil Young actually got removed, which we could talk about that too. They said, breaking news, iconic singer Neil Young gives Spotify an ultimatum. Either drop Joe Rogan's podcast for spreading COVID misinformation, or he will immediately remove his music from Spotify because Rogan's comments are potentially causing death to listeners. Like this to thank Neil Young. (laughs) So I commented. I said, 
It's fascinating how this page applauds censorship with no forethought, more with no forethought on the precedent that they are trying to set. Or at first I said precedence, but I'll explain why I changed it. So then this old girl, I'm gonna call her Sammy. Yeah, we don't want to give out any real name. We don't want anybody to get doxxed. We don't need any. Yeah. She goes, it's fascinating how your page only has 50 followers. <laughs> and by fascinating, I mean hilariously sad. <laughs> and I was like, damn, she's throwing punches. And so I said, just think, you could be number 51. <laughs> just got to step out of that echo chamber. And she said, into your empty echo chamber that no one follows or comments on, I'll pass. And so I said, Observative is an unbiased podcast calling out balls and strikes regardless of party affiliation. Definitely not an echo chamber, but you'll have to listen to find out for yourself. And then uh, after that, she said, and I think, and then she commented again, and I think he meant precedent. I said precedence in the <laughs> in the first comment. Yeah, it's a typo. Thanks. We're just a couple of idiots. <laughs> it is what it is. And I said, thanks for pointing that out. Damn autocorrect. And then she went to our page and started laugh reacting. Post Everything. After post after post <laughs> after post. And I was like, also, thanks for responding to some posts. It shakes up the algorithms. And she said, and goodness knows your sad failure of a page needs all the help it can get. <laughs> and then. That's how you know it wasn't a bot. Out. Like, it's a real person. Right. And then, so I, get, I actually want to give a shout out to a new listener named Taylor. He commented because he saw this mess. And, he <laughs> and goes, it was a mess. I'm an independent now. I used to be a Democrat, but I don't like what the party represents now. I'm not a huge fan of Republicans either, but right now they seem more sane than Democrats. I like people who don't use extreme bias in their podcasts, so I listen to a variety of different people. And then the Sam Cub butts in. <laughs> you got nothing better to do that goes, day. But your profile is, a, is as fake as Trump's tan. Trolls following trolls. Hilarious. <laughs> And then he goes, you might want to learn the difference between fake and new. Take a seat until you figure it out. <laughs> and then she black lip served him. Thank you. Thank you very much, Sammy. Oh, man. That's what you yeah, called so, her, right? I can't remember what you called her. Yeah, Sammy. Uh, because of Sammy. So I would like to thank Sammy, actually. Because Sammy, because of her shake up here. Got us a new follower, and the whole the whole uh, meme that you guys were uh, discussing, or not really discussing, she was just screaming at you about was uh, <laughs> was uh, the, the the funny fact that Neil Young accidentally canceled himself, and that is fucking yeah. hilarious. Because <laughs> he said he gave Spotify the ultimatum. Spotify was over there minding their own damn business. That's Neil enough. Jones. Put down the mic. <laughs> <laughs> is that what's funny? He said that to himself. <laughs> he absolutely did. I think. I think. I think he's having a little bit of uh, a seller's remorse on that one. Well, don't worry. He's got. He's on Sirius XM now. Ah, with uh, Howard Stern, who is also a uh, 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 propagandist for the. Now, now, give him credit. Media. He actually just came out and said that Joe Rogan shouldn't be censored. Okay. All right. Good. We'll give. I'll give. I can. Uh, I can give Howard a round That's of applause. That's enough. Put down the mic. Whoops. Whoa. <laughs> I can give Howard a round of applause for that one. I was really hoping for the applause. I'm so glad I heard it. Thank you so much. Even though, you know, Howard just last week was basically telling everybody to stay inside. Uh, I do find this Neil Young thing pretty pretty goddamn hilarious, though, because we've, we, you know, we've talked about Joe many times, even just last week, and about how, look, if you think Joe Rogan's the enemy, you need to get 
out into the world again. But you you might be afraid <laughs> because you might die of Omicron. You might oh. you might die of a cold. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, I can't say that, can I? Am I allowed to say that? I just I did. Know. I don't give a shit. I think it's I think it's hilarious because we were just talking last week about the Carhartt boycott and yeah. making fun of the people that boycotted Carhartt because it's it's ridiculous. It doesn't hurt the CEOs. It doesn't hurt the people that actually make a lot of money at Carhartt. It hurts the workers. Is who it hurts. Who yep. you know, most of the people that were boycotting the Carhartt would be the people that were, I would say, pro labor. Right? I mean, those are the guys that wear it. Uh, but collar workers. But now we have people boycotting Spotify. And I was sitting here and I'm thinking about this. And I'm like, okay, both boycotts are fucking ridiculous. But I actually give a little bit more credit to the Carhartt boycotters because at least tangible. Yes, they're at least they're at least boycotting <laughs> based on something that's real. <laughs> Instead of something that's fake. Some made up just imaginary line drawn out of nowhere. <laughs> Because Dude, it's a psyop. It's a psyop. Yeah, you know, because Joe right Rogan's Congress an anti-vaxxer. Is mustering up, Congress is mustering up $500 million to give to Ukraine for weapons. So they want to get everyone to fight about Spotify. And right, take off the temple hats now. But it, well, you know, I think you could I think you could argue that the false flag that's going on in Ukraine right now, we can move on to that uh now, uh is oh. is a distraction. Oops, that's the wrong that's the wrong ticker, isn't it? There we go. Foreign policy needs a foreign policy win here, uh, Joe Biden. Ukraine ain't it. Nope, nope, nope. Uh, no, I got to skip through my notes here. There we go. The way our the media narrative is building this up, I'm gonna I'm still calling it. This is what's gonna happen in the end. We're gonna say that Ukraine isn't gonna join NATO, and Putin's gonna back down, and then they're both gonna be able to walk away with a win. That's all they both want. Well, actually, well, Putin actually has a tangible, like, oh, that's my word of the night, I guess. Putin has a uh, thing that uh, that he doesn't want. Like, he actually doesn't want them in Ukraine. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's. I'm calling it, man. They're both just going to walk away with this. And Putin, <laughs> Biden's going to come back and be like, I said to Putin, listen here, Jack, you ain't, you ain't. <laughs> You ain't invading Ukraine. And they're both going to get to claim some sort of foreign policy victory. I mean, what yep, exactly? What what's going on here is it's geopolitical chess and Ukraine's a proxy. That's what's going on. And Sorry, like, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you Ukraine joining NATO doesn't help NATO. Ukraine is a mess. No. Ukraine's the most has been has been often referred to as the most corrupt country in Europe. So, guess what? Putin doesn't give that much of a shit about gaining access to Ukraine, other than for some like weird he little border. Want border, you know, other than maybe a little chunk inside the border. But even that is like, is it really worth it for Putin to go into Ukraine? I don't think it is. No, it's it's not Ukraine. Even Biden said uh, Ukraine can't join NATO right now because of the fact of how corrupt they are. <laughs> He's already said that. I don't think he They're was. Not su- I don't think he was supposed to say that, Corey. He just, he just forgot what he was allowed to say and what he wasn't allowed to say. <laughs> he said that. I think. Well, he said that before uh, the troops started build up happening. I think. All but, yeah, senior it's... citizens should have life alert. <laughs> Here you go, Joe. <laughs> just for you, buddy. We know he listens. Remember, we talked about it in the last episode. We absolutely did. So, uh, in but, this, uh, go ahead. Oh yeah, but so what I was saying is, yeah, it's U- Ukraine's corrupt. You know, they're 
they're poor. It's it's a kind of a crappy country. They have Chernobyl. They uh, what what does? There's no economic reasoning. There's nothing. There's nothing there for you, Russia to try to take that in when they're already dealing with their own troubles. And that's why it looks like a false flag operation. We've got Biden preparing to send aid in the form of, what was it, 8,500 or so troops? Which is a joke in itself. And there's 100,000 <laughs> troops on the border. We're going to send 8,500 correspondents. Hey, come on. It's all posturing. Oh, we took home our ambassadors. More, more we do than, that all the time. Corey, more than 8,500 people went to see Joe Rogan at the Fox Theater last October or two Octobers ago. So that's what I'm saying. It's, just, like, it's, it's a nothing It's all number. posturing. You know, Germany wants nothing to do with it. You can tell by how they're trying to be smooth with both sides because they're a part of NATO, so they have to help. But they don't want to mess up their Nord Stream pipeline, which is another reason Putin won't invade, because the Nord Stream pipeline is going to make them buku bucks to Germany. And so Germany just sent helmets, <laughs> just <laughs> sent a bunch of helmets to help. Yeah, we don't need these. What they didn't EU what, in the what you EU don't know is you don't know, moving. you don't know what kind of helmets. They could have been bicycle helmets. It could have been hockey helmets. helmets. They don't play a whole lot of hockey helmets. They don't play a whole lot of hockey in Germany. But they don't no, but they do in Ukraine. That's yeah, yeah, a little bit more. Uh and uh so yeah, like the EU isn't removing its ambassadors. The president of Ukraine is saying, Well, the the there's no immediate or uh imminent invasion. Like, don't worry, guys. You know, like it's only really America. America and the UK are just in lockstep with this mess. And I think when you listen to the BBC, when you listen to NPR and all of them, it's very oh Russia that we don't know if they're going to invade. We don't know what their what is what their intentions are. They haven't made them clear. When they have made them clear, yeah, Ukraine can't join NATO. They have a hundred thousand troops on their own border in their own sovereign country. They can do whatever they want in their own country. You're talking about you're talking about the Russians, right? Russians, yeah. yeah. And then on top of that, the shortest distance to Kiev through Ukraine uh, is through Chernobyl. And can <laughs> you, can you imagine, troops through them. just to put the shoe on the other foot, can you, can you imagine if Russia or China started threatening to send aid to Mexico because we put 100,000 troops on the Texas border? Yeah. I mean, think about that for a second. Yeah. It, it, it would be, there's no way we would stand for it. You know, right. just, just because you don't agree geopolitically with the Russians, and I'm no, and def- imagine I'm no, def- I'm no years, defender of Putin. Before that, yeah, and imagine if eight years before that, Russia tried to help instill a coup in Mexico. Yeah, I, and I'm no, I'm no defender of Vladimir Putin. Okay, that, no, that's no, not no, what no. this is about. This, this is just about. This Better is about- dead than red. <laughs> yeah, dead. I ain't gonna let no member. You ain't gonna take my means of production. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just but yeah. Just put the shoe on the other foot for one second, and right. Th- this is this is nothing but a false flag to give Joe Biden a a, uh, a foreign policy win, and it's a shame that it has to be that way. Needs it. He, d- he does need it uh, after Afghanistan, which you and I both agreed with. We were yeah, in the minority yeah, of people that said it was a good thing that we got out of Afghanistan. Like we can argue about the way it was done and how poorly it was done, but the fact that it was done was a good thing. But now yeah. you got to have. I mean, the neocons are are, are chomping at the bit for something right. to get the industrial to get complex that war machine strumming again. Absolutely, want to start building more tanks and stuff. Right now, there's not a extreme need to. And that's all this is about. And I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. And I and I was looking into this throughout the week here this week. And that is that 
uh, there is a foreign policy victory out there for Joe Biden. And it doesn't have anything to do with Europe. It has to do with Central and South America. It has to do with Latin America. So, you know, we already talked about the false flag of Ukraine. Um, but Colombia right now is, is an easy foreign policy one. And it doesn't have to just be Colombia. I'm just using them as an example. You know, it could be Nicaragua. It could be others. But Colombia is very, very close to essentially paying China to basically build all their infrastructure. And this isn't like news. Uh, China's been doing this all over the world. They've done, they've done it through what seems like 90% of Africa already. But now it's, it's getting a lot closer you know, to the borders. And Biden has done a really shitty job thus far in, with his relations in Latin America. Uh, yeah. There are various reasons for that, which we don't necessarily have to get into. Nicaragua. But China has been in contact with Colombia since 2019 as they try to expand their infrastructure model from Africa to Latin America. That's kind of scary. You know, it, it almost sounds like, hey, NATO putting uh, uh, troops on the border of, Ru- or of, of Ukraine. It's like, what happens when China slides into Mexico? And starts helping them rebuild their infrastructure. Starts possibly working with the cartels. Now that's all speculation. Who knows if that would actually happen? But it is a possibility, right? But it's, right? It's, right. Like imagine if this all happened, you know, on our on our side of the hemisphere, basically. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's and so kind of sort of yeah, slowly just, happening, yeah. only with infrastructure instead of actual troops, because China's. 20 years ahead of us when it comes to things like that. But yeah, what if we did start doing the stuff that China does? What if we did start going to Latin American countries? Instead of toppling their governments, you strike a deal with them and you go, hey, listen, uh, we can give some of your people jobs. Uh, We'll hire some of our people. You give us this stipend of money. We use our steel and we build your infrastructure. Yeah, and you have... Uh, American capitalist That's what China's corporations. doing all over the world. You have American, you have American capitalist. That would be a foreign policy win. Yes, that's then it's easy. It's super easy. Do it in one of the countries. Do it in one of the countries that de- that's really destabilized, where immigrants are coming here because they because there's literally nothing there in their country, so they're coming across the border after we destabilize the country and you know and mess with them and stuff like that. You know, like Nicaragua. You know, uh, what is it, Haiti, all these different countries. And that's to help them build their economy up, not just try to make it just another uh, military base. Because make, and make then no maybe mistake. we'll help solve the immigration crisis. Maybe. Oh, make us a bunch of boo boo bucks, get a bunch of jobs that we start making our own steel and all our own resources again, and we're shipping them to other countries. Hashtag kids still in cages, Corey Walsh. Yeah, that's right. We don't talk about that anymore, though, do we? No, we don't. We don't, because it's Joe Biden. It's not Donald Trump. Both are awful. Yeah, it's it's just, it's so just ass backwards, man. <laughs> if you help And these Latin are all, America, this is, again, this is just two intellectual idiots. Yeah. Coming up with possibilities yeah, to solve problems. We haven't used that phrase in a while, but we are. We're just intellectual idiots. That's, that's, uh, we're yeah. just here to discuss things that are... Drink a beard, we talk don't, politics. No shit about. Uh, <laughs> that's the easy foreign policy win, though, for Joe Biden. Seriously, instead of this fake false flag shit with Ukraine, 
Nobody else seems to be worried about it. Even Ukraine doesn't seem to be worried about it. Have you seen any reports of anybody going to Ukraine and saying, do you want the Americans to send all this stuff? And they're, they're like, uh, well, I mean, we'll take the free shit, it sounds like, but we don't We don't really need it. Right, yeah. And you're not helping anything. Yeah, no, it's it's dumb. We're, we're playing with fire over dumb stuff, and ain't nothing going to happen. And I all sleep soundly is- at night every night. I'm convinced that nothing's going to happen. And if I'm wrong, you know what? Fuck it. I'll probably just be obliterated. But all, all, that, all that is is more of the establishment, whether it's Democrats or Republicans, doesn't matter. It's more of the establishment just thinking that the American people are fucking stupid, that we don't know what the hell is going on. And some of us, you know, out there, if you go to the, you know, Occup- if you go to the Occupy Democrats page, you will see this. Buy into the bullshit. Happens all the time. I mean, like, if you went back, you know, 30 years or so, then there was, all you could do is buy the bullshit because, you know, your news media sources were a lot more narrow. There was a lot less of a differing opinions. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and just to do the work and look things up and see things up. Like, now we can see things on the ground. We can reach out to people in Ukraine, you know, and talk to people and get more input on this stuff. Where back in the... uh Oh, sex eighties couldn't do that. Even in their nineties, two thousands, you know what I mean? Like there wasn't an infrastructure of information being passed along at a moment's notice, at a second's notice, like now. Yeah, and you have more Does that make sense? Yeah, and you have more in you have more independent media like the gray zone. We're gonna we're gonna actually play a little bit of uh Mr. Blumenthal uh, later on in the show. And other uh, independent media sources actually going and putting their boots on the ground and reporting the actual stuff, not twisting it. You know, the the, the trust in uh, corporate media is just gone. I mean, just gone. And we we think about the fact that Don Lemon's getting like fifty thousand viewers a night. Or that's a little bit of an under exaggeration, but it might as well be fifty thousand viewers a night. Meanwhile, a guy well, like yeah, Joe Rogan's getting eleven much, million per episode. It's easy to see. Yeah. It's easy to see. Yeah, that's why it's, it's to call it corporate media now, not mainstream. Because it ain't media. mainstream. It ain't mainstream anymore. Uh, where do we want to move to? Do you want to move to SCOTUS? Well, right. What's next? What you got, Dan? Did you want to move to SCOTUS? To what? SCOTUS? Yeah, we could talk Scr- about SCOTUS. SCOTUS? Yeah. Uh, I think I might be a little bit... One of I think we might be experiencing a little bit of a delay here, folks, so just bear with us here. Uh, there might be a small delay. So, Joe Biden is going to have a chance to select a Supreme Court justice. Uh, because uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on homeboy's name. Who's the guy that's retiring? I was just looking the name up. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, as, just as Bayer Aspirin or whatever it is. Uh, it's like Bayer? Yeah, yeah. So Breyer? Breyer, uh, Bayer. Well, I'm not here. Justice yeah. Bayer Aspirin. I think Breyer's his last name. Man. There you go. Justice Breyer's all natural ice cream. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't here. And here's, here's why it's funny that we're kind of forgetting the justice's name. Stephen Breyer. Stephen we were Breyer. right. Yeah. Look at that. And here's why it's actually kind of inter- kind of funny that we're actually forgetting the name because this, this is, this is something, this appointment is something that should be nothing, but somehow it won't be nothing because it's a it's a liberal justice stepping down from the bench. 
that's going to be replaced by another justice. There isn't another liberal justice. This isn't going to be any sort of swing that's going to affect anything like what we saw under Trump because, you know, bless her heart and bless her soul, Ruth Bader Ginsburg made the mistake of not retiring when Obama was president, but that's uh, that's another discussion for another day. Uh, so this is going... The sad thing is when you watch corporate media and you watch the vocal left and the vocal right, this appointment is going to be 100% about race and that sucks. And yeah, and it's it's biden that made that line you know what i mean and like this is why it it frustrates me it's because it just that's just such just blatant pandering like like what kind of message are you trying to convey like oh don't worry come here i got you (laughs) you know what i mean when actions speak louder than words with when where so one of the like so one of the front runners is can can could Katanji Jackson, God, and I probably butchered her name. That's a and tough name. It's a tough name. We apologize. <laughs> I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. I am for real. No, really, I am. I'm sorry if I butchered your name. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, so she's she went to Harvard. You know what I mean? She's mm. on the. She's been a member of the Harvard Board of Overseers. She was an editor for the Harvard Law Review. She's in a. She was. His, so according to Wikipedia, she's an American attorney and juror serving as a circuit judge on the United States Court of Appeals for the District Columbia Circuit from 20, 2013 to 2021. She was a district judge on the United States District Court for the District of Columbia. She also was also vice chair of the United States Sentencing Commission from 2010 to 2014. Since 2016, she's been a member of the Harvard Board of Overseers. She was a part of the U.S. Court of Appeals for the First Circuit in the 90s. She was the U.S. District Court of the District of Massachusetts. Like, she was a clerk for Justice Steve Breyer, and she was part of the United States. Like I said, the Sentencing Dis- uh, Commission. She was a public defender. Like, she has a phenomenal record. <clears throat> totally qualified, right? And the actions should speak for themselves. But then when he's like. I got I'm going to hire a black woman that it's like, you're like trivializing this woman for all of her accomplishments. And you're just now labeling her as a black woman. When, if you just picked her because of her merit and you know what I mean? And she happens to be a black woman. I think that speaks way more volumes than the pandering. You never, if you're Joe Biden, because now that's all it's going to be about. You never had to say that. Even if that was your plan all along, was to appoint a black woman as a, as a Supreme Court justice, even that was, if that was your plan all along, shut the fuck up, Jumbo Joe. You don't need to say that because right, now, now, don't get me wrong. We should absolutely have a black woman, at least, a, yeah, like a black woman on the board because of the fact that I mean, like on the, uh, yeah, is it the board, the seat, and one of the one of the justice seats because of the fact that. The, those nine justices should probably represent America. Yeah, dude. There's there's nothing there's nothing wrong with this. In fact, it she seems remarkably qualified. I'm, ex- I'm ex- yeah. No, it's I get excited about it. It's cool. It's gonna be something new that's gonna happen. But all he had to do, Corey, was just do it. 
Just do it. You don't have right. to say it. You don't have to talk Just about it. Do it because all you're doing is you're providing fodder for the you know the illiberal far fringe left and the and the crazies on the far right. Because the crazies on the far right are going to go, oh, well, she she's got it because she's black. Just turning it into. Uh... Just turning it into identity politics. Yeah, and, the, and it the, just rots the Democrats at the core. And the illiberal left. You can left. do something yeah. great without making it about identity politics. The actions would speak volumes for itself. The illiberal left. As soon left, as she was appointed, it, everyone would have been like, oh my God, this is the first black woman. This is amazing. But when he makes it about that, it just muddies up the conversation. Like we all see it. Like as soon as he makes the appointment, we can all see. We can all see like, that she's a black woman. and It's like Pete Buttigieg right now talking about the infrastructure plan and making it about like about race and equity. <laughs> when infrastructure is about, like, the roads are about commerce, uh, getting broadband into rural areas for underprivileged children and into urban areas for underprivileged children, that's about giving them a fair chance in a globalized economy, making sure our kids aren't drinking lead in the waters. Make it, you know what I mean? That's all infrastructure. Equity is the byproduct. Yeah. The infrastructure is the infrastructure. You're going to get more people on board if you just talk about infrastructure. Why does it have to be about identity politics? And you, what the thing about it is, with with what Peter, Pete Buttigieg is saying, is that like it's it's obvious to any thinking person that fixing most of the shitty infrastructure is going to help, you know, uh, poor income areas look this is obvious this that it's going to it's in the bill yeah this isn't a secret you know just because we're two white guys i think we're still allowed to say this like we we understand that you know most poorer urban folks happen to be people of color that's a shame that's something by that, design of course yeah by design we know this and so we know that these these infrastructure bills you know building better bridges having better roads um that could provide for better public transportation. We all know these things are going to help the less privileged more than the the rich. Like rich people don't give a shit. They'll just they're just going to drive their Tesla. Now, obviously, they want good roads too. But notice where all the good roads are. <laughs> yeah, but rich people are also moving out to the rural areas, so it's good for them. You know, they're going to be getting more high speed internet. Like everybody wins, of course. Right, but why muddy the conversation with things like this? Like when we like, like look look at what like okay, and that's all they fucking do because look at what happened with the George Floyd protests. Okay, when George Floyd was murdered by that cop, when he slayed on his neck for eight minutes and forty six seconds, what what the left do? We hear you, we see you, we're with you, we're on your side. The only one that brought like real like one of the only ones that really brought legislation towards it was like Rand Paul because mm-hmm. he wanted to Trying end, to end qualified immunity. immunity. Yep. All the other ones were talking about doing it. They were talking about doing these different things. But the only thing that I really remember that's became a fruition, they might've had a lot of talk during all of that. But the only thing that really came to fruition was all them kneeling with the African garb scarf on, mm. with their, on their knee in the middle of the Supreme court or yeah, whatever, Schum- not the Supreme court, but in the middle of the, the house. house. It was uh, Schumer and Pelosi. You know what I mean? Like, what'd you guys do? Not shit. <laughs> Not, yeah, well, they symbolized it. 
That's well, when, when Biden matters. got arrested, what they do? They ended uh, chokeholds. Biden got I mean, arrested. Not arrested. <laughs> elected. <laughs> elected. Well, <laughs> careful. You don't want to. You don't want to pander to the far right too hard here, Corey Walsh. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, arrest no, he's Joe Biden. That's a body double. That's a body double. That's a hashtag. Right all right, all right. Take off the tinfoil hats. But no, what they do? They, Bring back uh, parlor. They um, they ended chokeholds on a federal level, and there was a couple other things they did. But like it wasn't anything that really made any sort of real change. You still see videos from uh, police to police constantly of cops being pricks. Yeah. Now there's also like, you know, you got to say it, I guess. There are good cops. Like, I don't mean to say it like that. It's just we have to say it because we're, if we try to be unbiased, we... <laughs> It's funny. When I know you do, good cops personally. I have friends that are police. When you try to do a an unbiased podcast, how many disclaimers you have to do that nobody cares about oh, or nobody hears? <laughs> right. Yeah. Just all the time. But it's okay. Uh, and it's look, all right. It, it keeps our. I think it keeps ourselves in check too. When it comes to, uh, and we don't know if this this is going to be the nominee, but uh, Katanji Brown Jackson seems to be the front runner, at least at least among the pundits. Um, yeah. Look. Stay away from the identity. Dude, politics. she's pro labor. Yeah, un- Dude, she's like like really pro labor. Like I hope she gets it. Understand, but like no one's gonna look up these fucking cases. No, and that's just the lazy thing of it. Like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, Understand- she could be a Kamala Harris for anybody knows. Yeah, and they're not gonna give a shit because you yeah. know what I mean. She it's just, it- she could be awful. She could, she's not. We've we've she's already not. explained that she's not. Yeah. But it, she could be an awful choice. But. The, the 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 illiberal far left, or as Jimmy Dore likes to call the shit libs, uh, the lipstick liberals, uh, limousine liberals, as I like to call them, uh, they, they 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 will love any black woman just because she's black, and I don't think that's fair either. This is Kataji Brown Jackson is as absolutely seems to be qualified for this position based on her fucking merit. It's yeah. wonderful that she's a black woman. You know, Corey and I are both you know thrilled to have that and welcome that to the supreme court but it's i don't give a shit i care about her merit and right what 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 she's done her record that she's pro-labor that she might actually bring something to the supreme court that helps people of color that helps less less privileged people yeah, and she's pretty unbiased like she was appointed by obama she's went for and against obama she went for and against trump you know what i mean like has a impeccable record, impeccable career experience. Like it's it's a good choice. I'm not saying like we're not knocking that at all. Nope. Just pay attention but, to how it's painted. Pay attention to how yeah, this. You're to, taking this, all of that away from her. I think, in my opinion. Yeah. No, I think you're right. Just one. Yeah, just one person's opinion. Pay attention to how this is painted because the left is going to paint this as it's just so beautiful that we have a black woman on the Supreme Court. And look, they're not going to be wrong when they say that. But the sentiment behind it is going to be disingenuous. And the the far right is going to paint this like, oh, well, of course she got it. She's a black woman. We already know that. Right. And that all it's going to do is politically charge everything. And it's bullshit. And then it's going to make her, and it's going to make her appoint, appointment a fucking shit show. Yeah. When it shouldn't be. When it shouldn't be. Exactly. It's just, it's just bad politics. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Now what? You guys want you do you guys? It's like there's two of you here. Um it's like I was talking to myself. Do you guys, do you want to talk about the uh 
the 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 hashtags you want to talk about defeat the mandates and truckers freedom for 2022 i'd be happy to get my monologue in a little bit early here this 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 evening Corey. yeah yeah let's go for that you want to do your monologue and then uh talk about truckers for freedom absolutely first i gotta find it there it is all right so i didn't do a monologue last week however i'm hoping i can make up for that with this uh this evening's monologue the hashtag freedom convoy 22 truckers are liberals quote political doctrine that takes protecting and enhancing the freedom of an individual to be the central problem of politics, end quote. What do these words mean to you? Who does it sound like? Does it sound like a libertarian quoting Ayn Rand? If that's what you're thinking, you'd be wrong. Does it sound like something a more articulate yet clearly fanatical defender of Donald Trump might say? Again, you'd be wrong. This is the opening sentence of Britannica's definition of liberalism. Liberalism and its values is something that I've held near and dear to my heart since I began to understand how the world works in my latter teenage years. Liberalism's fight against things like slavery, the suppression of women's suffrage, Jim Crow, McCarthyism, are just a few of the things that have held it in high esteem to me over my life. Liberalism has always won through righteous progress, virtue, and freedom. Rights to claim liberalism have even changed hands over time in order, to, in order to survive the power struggle over politics and greed. After all, Abe Lincoln was a liberal Republican responsible for ending the darkest period in American history. Even the term liberal Republican is a laughable statement for most people on both sides of the aisle today. But why? Because we as people are quickly losing touch of what being liberal actually means. Protecting and enhancing the freedom of an individual. Even Ayn Rand, who is chastised and cast out by liberal circles, believed in the power and freedom of the individual. The 50,000 truckers on their way to Ottawa, Ontario, they actually may well be there by the time you hear this, uh, to protest the vaccine mandates set down by Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, are as liberal as they come. They are supporting the freedom of the individual by standing for the idea that allowing government to dictate necessary med medical procedure is unacceptable and absolutely illiberal. It undermines the freedom of the individual, and it does so in plain sight. Detractors of the movement that claim to be liberals say the truckers are involved in anti-vax and anti-science rhetoric. They claim these truckers could be responsible for overloading hospitals and possibly killing people even as Omicron continues to prove less deadly on aggregate, even though truckers have possibly the most isolated profession in the entire world. When all they want to do is maintain their freedom to choose what to do with their own body while providing the goods that many self-proclaimed liberals have been ordering over the internet for the past two years while having the privilege to stay cooped up at home under irrational fear. This stopped being about science months ago. Any reasonable liberal would know that. As you scour social media, you find all kinds of comments about these truckers being responsible for overloading hospitals, being anti-vax and anti-science, 
and even being racist in some cases. But are any individuals digging deeply into what this movement is about? Who is involved? If you call yourself a liberal, do you really believe that there are zero vaccinated truckers in that convoy? There are plenty. Because it's not about safety and efficacy of the vaccine. It's not about science anymore. It's about the mandates. It's about government overreach. According to the definition from, from Britannica, liberals are, quote, meant to believe that government is necessary to protect individuals from being harmed by others. A lot of people are taking that really seriously right now. Got to get vaccinated. Got to protect others. However... The definition also goes on to say, quote, that liberals are meant to recognize that government itself can pose a threat on liberty. We have the data after two plus years now. We know how likely someone is to die from COVID, 0.89%. And it's no small thing. But how long can this go on before, li- before a liberal has to stop calling themselves a liberal? Corey, your response. You're not wrong. Everyone, and it, it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about how identity politics are just rotting everything to the core. Um, everyone's forgetting the idea of individuality and giving and like fighting for the right for everyone to have, you know, their personal liberty, liberal. Yeah. It's what the word, you know, that's what it's about, personal liberty. And everyone on the, the side of these, like what we call them, like limousine liberals, are so wrapped up in these identity politics and groupthink that they're being the farthest thing from an independent liberty type person we've completely lost touch as a society with something as simple as risk assessment i mean it it is so easy to you know take and misrepresent data i mean we talked about that last week how somebody's 89 times more likely to die if they're unvaccinated than they are if they if they are vaccinated but nobody ever talks about the fact that both of those numbers are under one percent yeah you know, it's because it, 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 I, I, I actually I, I'm kind of disappointed in myself for doing this. But I at the same time, I, I'm happy I did this. I spent like an hour last night out in the garage. As Corey, as you know, and, and maybe our listeners know by now, I am a, a cigar smoker. I like to have a cigar every evening to kick back and relax. I'll be having one after the show. Uh, and I'm going through Twitter. And I'm checking out this hashtag of, of these truckers and. You know, so much of it is is just so positive and so unifying and, and no bullshit. Like nobody's like nobody's attacking Justin Trudeau personally. Everybody's just like, hey, look, we need to have the right to choose. This is this is about freedom. This isn't about vaccines. And the number of these truckers that are vaccinated, I don't know how many it is, but it's it's more than a handful. And all you ever see from the negative side of this is, or or at least people that are against these truckers, are are, are these anecdotal little videos of like one idiot that's saying, 
uh, the Canadian government is trying to to kill the Anglo-Saxon race, right? Or I saw uh, somebody post a video of like four truckers that are like, yeah, let's go to Ottawa and and have our own little January 6th here in Canada. And it's like, that's what these people post and they say, oh, you support these truckers? This is who you... That's it. That's all of them. Yep, this is who you're supporting. Like these these eight idiots, or however many it is, out of the 50,000 truckers that are just like, look... We just want to do our jobs and we don't want to be told to have a medical procedure. And like, that's what I mean when I say, when somebody says, oh, you're an- they're anti-vax or they're anti-science or they're anti-this, it's, it's like, dude, it's not about science anymore. It stopped being about science so long ago. And you I bet know you that- the percentage of them that are vaccinated is probably in the double digits. Oh, I, I, would, I would imagine that it is. I'm, I'm just speculating. But if you think the number is zero- Right. You're an idiot. But all of the truckers, every single trucker in Canada is anti-vax. <laughs> all fi- or at least all 50,000 that are on their way. And then yeah, every, you, yeah. They tried to, they, like the Canadian media try, trying to downplay it, saying that like, oh, it's like 300 trucks. It's like, no, dude, you can see videos, you know, I'm surprised Twitter hasn't pulled most of them down, but you can see videos of like Canadians on the side of the road, like cheering these guys on. And I it's love like it. A, it's like a... It's like Convoy, the movie. <laughs> you really want me to play that song, don't you? Oh, yeah. You got to play that song. <laughs> I hope this doesn't get so us. It's really funny. So in down. the 70s in America, we had a trucking protest of our own like this, where all the truckers just parked and they didn't do anything because of the fact that oil prices were climbing and skyrocketing really crazy. And so this song was written... Uh, as like a novelty song that was like talking about that, which ended up leading to a movie being made starring Chris Christopherson. And it's just a fun little movie fact for you. The movie is actually about racism. And Chris Christopherson and one of his trucker buddies, they both meet at a diner to eat some food and a cop shows up and beats the hell out of the black guy and calls him a bunch of racist words. And <laughs> yes, such a bad song. Wall to wall. Yeah, them smoke is as thick as bugs on a bumper. They even had a bear in the air. Bears a, <laughs> a helicopter. So a bear is a, is a helicopter. Yeah, it's a cop, just so you know. But uh, it's such I know a bad CB song. What's the other trucker? What was the other trucker movie with Patrick Swayze? Is that Black Dog? Black Dog, yeah. yeah. You're <laughs> riding too hard, you see the Black Dog. <laughs> Patrick, wasn't Randy Travis in that film? Yeah, he sings. <laughs> of course he of does. Course. Why would he be in Chris a movie Christopherson and not sing? didn't sing actually in this one. They missed a good opportunity. But yeah, so then they all run from the cops in their trucks because the cop beat up the black guy and they're coming after him. So it ends up leading into like thousands of trucks doing their convoy, and this song plays through the movie like the entire convoy. We tore up all of our swindle sheets and left them sitting on the scales. <laughs> just, I could just like keep pulling this up they brought just up to see what he's saying throughout the show. From the Illinois National Guard. There's <laughs> Guard. <laughs> C.W. McCall isn't even a real person. It was a guy who uh, did commercials or something. And it was like just, it took off. It made it like number one. That was number one in like 1979, like on the pop and country charts. <laughs> fuck were they listening to back then i don't know but i feel like if i would love if those if those canadian truckers like all of them would turn up their would turn up their uh uh bluetooths and just blast this as they're rolling into ottawa <laughs> got a great big convoy rocking through the night <laughs> 
I support these guys. It's not because yeah. I'm anti-vax. It's not because I'm anti-science. It's because I'm anti-mandate. They don't take these things away. And make sure you like and follow the page on Facebook and whatnot, because I'm going to make sure I share that song <laughs> after this episode. But that wasn't, that wasn't the only thing. We actually had, right here in the United States, we had a... Uh, media, the same time. media blackout, hashtag defeat the mandates, Washington, D.C., and there were, uh, by all accounts, about 20,000 or so people there. That might be a conservative number. It might have been more, but it certainly wasn't less. Right. But the demographics of that group, or what's the majority of it was hippies. There was hippies there, like a bunch of uh, anti-vaxxing hippies, because that used to be the anti-vax movement until mm-hmm. the recent vaccination. And a bunch of uh, like mega hat wearers and drum supporters and stuff. And it's interesting to see a bunch of hippies and drum circles next to people with don't tread on me flags. All there in union for the same thing. Body autonomy. Yeah. And that's what uh, that's what it's, you know, that's like the worst uh, case scenario for the government. Right. Like when, when the right and the left actually finds a reason to come together. Yeah, they don't like that. They don't like that at all. They don't want that at all. I don't know why I sounded like a New Yorker. They don't like that at all. Uh, but we, I actually have a clip that I want to play to you, courtesy of uh, Jimmy Dore's podcast, because he actually had Max uh, Max Rosen, Rosenthal from the Gray Zone, who was actually on the ground uh, at uh, at the... Was mo- it Max at- Rosenthal or Blumenthal? Blumenthal, I'm sorry. Did I say Rosenthal? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he was actually on the ground because he's an actual journalist and an actual reporter that actually goes out and does things as yeah, opposed he was to gonna speak as yeah he was supposed to speak but he uh the, the what, what do you say the parks commission pulled the plug at exactly yeah so the PM. permit ended at 3 30 so that's when they pulled the plug of course they did they don't want him they don't want him speak anymore but these are what actual journalists and actual reporters do these aren't like don lemon sitting at a desk or tucker carlson sitting at a desk and just screaming at you for an hour and a half this is the type of stuff i actually uh, encourage anybody that listens to this show if you if you want decent news, subscribe to the Gray Zone. Um, they do great work over there. Uh, so I'm gonna play uh, I'm gonna play a, a little bit of the speech that Jimmy Dore actually played uh, or asked him to say uh, on his show uh, earlier this week. So uh, a credit to uh, the Jimmy Dore show uh, for this uh, clip. From the left, I come from the left, and it's really un- unfortunate that some people on the left don't want me to be here today. So I just want to make one thing clear. When people all around the world are marching against the mandates in their own societies, from the indigenous Bolivians of El Alto and La Paz, to Moroccans of Casablanca, to Iranians in Tehran, from Beirut to Berlin to Boston, it's pretty clear that this is not a left-right issue. This is not about left and right. This is about our rights our basic rights that we fought for. This is about decent working people trying to hold on to their humanity, their bodily autonomy, their rights and their very sanity against a cold and ruthless corporatist machine that seeks to reduce every individual to a QR code and condition their participation in society on their compliance with a mandate. And it won't be the last mandate. Now, let me make something clear to my friends on the right, because I hear this a lot. The extra constitutional biomedical regime being imposed on us is not socialism. (laughs) It's not socialism. If we lived under actual socialism, we, the people, would control the means of production 
and we would be able to expropriate the pharmaceutical industry and frog march the CEOs of Pfizer, Moderna, and the Sackler family at Purdue Pharma, often handcuffed to federal prison. In reality, when big pharma and its investors control our governments, when they own the FDA, when they've turned our politicians into sales reps, so now Pfizer and Moderna make combined profits of $65,000 per minute while working class Americans suffer the sharpest increase in poverty in 50 years. When the wealth of the world's 10 richest men has doubled since the lockdowns began, while the wealth of the global 99% has declined precipitously, we are living under corporatism, not socialism, corporatism, under a ruthless imperialist corporate state that exists in a permanent state of war. And now the forever war has come home. And it shouldn't be surprising to those who know this corporate state that bombs and sanctions people across the globe in the name of human rights, that it would instantly lock down millions of people at home, depriving them of work and schooling, driving them into desperation and insanity, and to justify all that in the name of public health. The same corporate state that lied about weapons of mass destruction to manufacture consent for a war in Iraq had no problem lying about gain-of-function research sponsored by the Pentagon's DARPA Research Unit and the U.S. Agency for International Development. The same corporate state that's holding journalist and WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange a political prisoner because he exposed its secrets has set about to censor and demonize and blacklist and suppress every dissenting voice that gets in the way of its draconian biomedical agenda. So a corporate state with so little legitimacy must divide its citizens to conquer them. And that's why it's polarized us between the vaccinated and unvaccinated, scapegoating the latter group and blaming it for its own failures in order to shatter the solidarity of the 99%. This corporate state has given us two corporate parties, Hundreds of corporate media outlets brought to you by Pfizer, the arms industry, and Wall Street, and only two medical options when it comes to the coronavirus, Pfizer and Moderna. So here's my message to the corporate state and its media stenographers. COVID might have temporarily taken away our sense of smell, but we can smell the steaming pile of bullshit that you're cooking, and we're not buying it. That's my speech. And that was it. And that, I think that was just so beautifully articulated. And I love the way yeah. I, I love the way that. Uh, and again, uh, uh, credit to uh, the uh, the Jimmy Dore show um, and uh, Max Max, Blumen- Blumenthal. Max Blumenthal for uh, for that speech. Um, and if you want to check out Jimmy Dore's show, it's very very simple. Go on your favorite podcast platform and uh, just search Jimmy Dore. Um, so beautifully artic- articulated. Uh, by Mr. Blumenthal there because I love that he didn't skimp out on the on the idea that um you know the right likes to likes to blame this stuff on socialism right and he was he was exactly right it is more corporatism and some people have referred to it more like I think like a Bernie Sanders type has referred to it as corporate socialism which is very different than actual socialism and oligarchy yeah, and and, he, and he's exactly right. If we were living under socialism, we would be able to strong arm the off to the gulags. Yeah, well, that too. But we'd be yeah, we'd be able to strong arm. What's that mean companies. for them? They'd be yeah. going to the gulag. Yeah, and we'd be like, uh, no, you're giving us those patents, 
and we are going to make this thing cheaper and we're going to actually give it to fucking poor countries around the world. When you sit there and you act like, oh, it's all about health. It's all about saving lives. Meanwhile, Africa's got like about a 7% vaccination rate. Fuck you. you bring up Africa, Dan, because I was just going to say that the whole socialist of socialist trope is with Matt, what Max Blumenthal said is true as evidenced by Cuba mm-hmm. <laughs> who's creating their own vaccines that are way more stable than the mRNA vaccines that have a phenomenal success rate. And they're actually going to be sending their vaccines to Africa. There's five of, of these them shitty and ass, they're cheap. Yeah. Yep. Because of these shitty ass corporations here in America who got half of our country so poisoned to believe that you have to get the vaccine or die and that we're killing each other that because we're not getting it. But they're not even fucking talking about the fact that the patent is so locked down for these vaccines that we're not giving it to the rest of the country where the new variants are coming from. And that goes to Blumenthal's point about, hey, people on the right. When you want to, we really fucking cared. Yeah, when, yeah. when, when well, people on the right, when you want to blame this on socialism, like socialism would actually help in that scenario because right. no corporation would be allowed to just lock down a patent under socialism. It would be taken right. from them. Right? Is that right? No, that's probably not be because right. Because our but... taxpayer dollars paid for that vaccine, anyways. Yeah. Why aren't we sending it to Africa? They got poor chaps in uh, South Africa trying to reverse engineer the vaccine because Africa, because African nations can't pay for it. Only, only the first world can pay for it at a massive markup. By the way, that's yeah, it's it's so all like a, it's all a ruse. It's portrayed as free. Like, yeah, it te- you know technically it is. You can go gra- get a vaccine and not have to pay anything out of your pocket. And again, does but you've the already paid for this work? thing twice. Yeah, as does the vaccine work? Yes. It does. Relatively speaking, of course. But, right, but <laughs> it's not, it's about the money at this point. It's about the money grab. It's not about saving lives. It's not hard to see. It's Stop not, falling it, for that. And it's, it's not, it's yeah. tearing the country apart. And it's not about science. It's not, it's about, not about Joe Rogan. Nope. Anyone who listened to his podcast wasn't like in the car on their way to get a vaccine and then all of a sudden pull over on the shoulder hyperventilate and go, holy shit, I can't believe I almost did that. Like, <laughs> it's like, people who are getting, anyone who hears that and didn't get the vaccine wasn't going to get it anyways. It's like uh, Crystal Ball from from Breaking Points uh, said it really, really articulately, I think on yesterday's show, where she said that, you know, does she, does she, does, does Joe Rogan have guests on that she wishes she, that they, that he didn't have on? She said, yeah. Uh, was there some things that Dr. Malone and Dr. McCullough maybe got wrong? Yeah. Uh, and and she went over that on her own show with her own experts. But one thing that neither of those doctors did, and one thing that Joe certainly never does, is they don't openly and purposefully lie to you. And Joe Rogan actually pulls up in real time will pull things up on his own show when something is said. And hey, let's himself. Yeah, let's look and that go, up. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Is that true? Damn, let's look huh, that up. I thought something else. Yeah. You think CNN's going to do that? No. <laughs> Not a chance. And that's what I said. It's like, they can be wrong. It's an open discussion. It's okay to right. be wrong. It's okay to be wrong. And I love that like, because the show's so goddamn long that they could just take the time and they're sitting there like, oh, no shit. Look at that. Wait, pull, roll, scroll down right there. Let me read that part. And you see them. They're like stopping the whole show just to read something real fast. 
pull it's that kinda, sh- you know pull that shit up jamie.com yeah <laughs> <laughs> what else do we got buddy i don't know we don't have a ton more I think do we that's it or unless you oh, wanna, oh. did you want to do uh go. imagine if a court tells you that you that's can't right. yeah. quit your job you have to keep working a job you hate that so, kind of happened didn't it yes in Wisconsin, uh, workers at a Wisconsin, so I'm on Business Insider right now. Workers at a Wisconsin, Wisconsin, why do I feel like I'm saying that word wrong? <laughs> I know I'm not. Wisconsin. <laughs> workers at Wisconsin hospitals sought new jobs with higher pay. Then the hospital sued to stop them from leaving. Um, so Wisconsin court has dismissed a temporary restraining order that blocks seven healthcare workers from leaving their jobs to begin working at a, at a competitor. And so there was like eight of them that like got this job offer from another hospital and they're like, all right, peace. We're leaving. And this company, this hospital, Theta Care, a hospital in Appleton, Wisconsin, asked the court for a temporary restraining order to prevent the employees from accepting jobs at Ascension's Northeast, Northeast Wisconsin, a competitor hospital. Now, Wisconsin's an at-will state. And so it really, really, really pisses me off about this at-will stuff because that was supposed to be good for employees too. Yet, it seems like it's only for the business and not the worker. And for and, anybody and for anybody who might not know, at-will essentially means that the employer can fire at you at any employee. time or you can quit at any time. It's at-will. Yeah. yeah, you're at-will. And so a Wisconsin court has dismissed, dismissed a temporary restraining order that blocks seven health. So, oh yeah. So they just, re- then, so I, they did it on Friday and then the following Monday morning, they pulled it off. Like they, they, they uh, did an injunction or whatever. The judge dismissed did, yeah. The, yeah. Dismissed the restraining order. But yeah, so these people got offered more money and better benefits. So they went to another job and this company, this hospital Instead of trying to keep them and offer them this competitive wage or the same thing, they went to the they wanted to keep their wages down and went to the judge. Yeah. Instead of I don't know matching the offer that they got from the other house, like why can't you at least match the offer? Hey, will you stay if I can match it? It's real simple. I mean, employers do it all the time. Will you stay if I can match it? They didn't even do that. Yeah. <laughs> they just went. Yeah, it's, they it's, just went crying to the judge. Please don't don't let my don't let my employees leave. I really need them. And that's honestly, that really is what kind of what happened. That, that hospitals are struggling so much for uh, help because so many of them are mandating vaccines that certain healthcare workers don't want to get, and they're either being fired or they're leaving. And it's like one in five. Uh, at the bottom of that article, actually, it says. Uh, a morning consult study found one in five healthcare workers quit their jobs since COVID-19 hit the U.S., a grim labor, labor crisis that some analysts worry could upend the healthcare system. But yet, it's Omicron that's threatening the hospital systems. No, maybe let uh, you know nurses come back to work you know, without a yeah, vaccine. Yeah, you know, and maybe we're, stop treating healthcare so much like a business to where your bottom line of your ICUs keeps it at a 65% capacity to 70% capacity. So then when crises happen, they're not overwhelmed. Yeah. And hasn't the United States lost something like half a million ICU beds over the last, I can't remember how long, 20 or 30 years. Yeah, just, just a really expensive. Just, just as, yeah. Just as a cost saving measure. So don't act like yeah. you don't have the space in the hospital, like knock it off. 
Half a million ICU beds is a lot of goddamn beds. Because ain't that many people in the ICU during normal circumstances, like pre-COVID, right? right? But the, yeah, exactly. Under normal circumstances, before a pandemic, hospital ICUs were so were like sixty-five. Like I said, sixty-five percent full already. So you have any sort of crisis, it's going to overload the hospitals really fast. But it's a cost. How the fuck measure. are we just letting this happen with our hospitals? We're paying top dollar for this shit. For as much money as we've all been paying on healthcare, <laughs> there should be a bed for fucking everybody in this economy. In this economy, <laughs> I mean, we're all basically paying rent with our insurance for a room every week if it was just a regular apartment. Yeah, no question about it. That's, I know it was lifted, but the fact that you scared the shit out of these hospital workers for an entire yeah, weekend. Yeah, you, you upended their life for f- four days. In an at-will state. Like, that's not what the court system is supposed to be used for. It's clear. Offer them a better wage, and you will be able to keep them, perhaps. Yeah, the judge said something like he was just trying to make them hold some time so the two corporations could figure it out. But, uh, because I think it was one corporation suing another. And, you know, according to Hillary Clinton, corporations are people, so. Yeah, but that has nothing to do with the, with the healthcare workers that had to pause their lives for a weekend, probably spending that entire weekend not knowing what was going to happen, right? Right, because they knew damn well that their jobs, their heads were on the guillotine. Yeah. It's only a matter of time before the other place got rid of them. Like, can you imagine if that court had said, nope, you, you, you got to go back to work for the other place, and then all of a sudden they're allowed to just fire They'd them. They'd all have gotten fired, yeah. Yeah. They would have waited. Back at a- they would have waited until the positions at the other <clears throat> hospital were filled. And then yeah. they would have fired him. At will, only working for the actual corporation. There yeah. you go, folks. <laughs> Where's the toilet flush sound? It's in here somewhere. There we go. Nope, that's not it. Sorry, can't find it. Ah, there we go. <laughs> well, I think that's all I got for today, huh, Dan? Uh, yeah, we're an hour and five in, unless you want to talk about, uh, children's mental health over COVID. Uh, no, let's save that for next week. Save that for next week. Yeah. That's something that we can do, uh, basically at any time. Yeah. We'll just, we're going to read a bunch of stats. <laughs> that's what everybody wants to hear. <laughs> right. Let's come here and let us read some numbers at you. Oh, uh, numbers, you know, some people math. enjoy that stuff. Math you know. is the numbers of the alphabet. All right, Corey Walsh. Well, tell the people right. where they can find us. Pete with a reefer on. A yeah, absolutely. You can find us we on Facebook on at Libservative. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Libservative Pod. You can find us on Twitch. That's where we stream every Thursday. You can hear us on YouTube and on Facebook streaming every Friday. I said Thursday, second ago I meant Friday. Uh, our our streams are on YouTube at Libservative. We are on Twitch at Libservative. Uh, our email is libservative at gmail.com or libservativepodcast at gmail.com uh, like follow share and if you like what you hear tell a friend where you heard it we're trying to build libservative a here. pod at gmail.com Corey. libservativepod at you'll get it right one day <laughs> one of these days yeah come on and uh, join the conversation we're building a community here and until next time he's yeah, been Corey Walsh and he's been Dan Griffin this has been libservative let me join our convoy we are out of here cause we got we got big con, 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 con